This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. We'll chat with Bianca Belair and Montez Ford in just a little bit. But... We got big happenings on the Stars front. If we can go ahead and throw to cut number two, we talked about how Miro was coming back, and he made an impact immediately. And over to Haskin and snaps a shot. He scores! Welcome back, Miro Haskin. After the three-week absence, that's the game-time goal. Now, I know this doesn't fit that category, but if you're a fan of early goals, every single period, including the overtime, had just that for you. But Anaheim, not a great team. That tying it up was huge because it guaranteed you at least one point, Mike. Yes, and, and their goalie has a soft wrist. <laughs> what? That's the goalie true. for the Ducks has a soft wrist. I was watching when, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting who shot it. It wasn't Harley who had the game-winning goal in overtime. But they shot the puck, and he shot it right into the glove of, I'm sorry, I'm not remembering. Gibson. John Gibson. Gibson, thank you. Uh, Kurt Gibson's glove. <laughs> and think. Thank you. Good job, And Mike. his glove shot back. Like, it kind of pulled back a little bit. So they didn't call it a goal because the guy caught it, no goal. And then they replayed it for, like, five minutes, and then they saw that his glove went back just far enough to carry the puck, which you could see in the webbing of his Is glove. Is that the Craig Smith goal? Might have been. And so then that was a goal. Well. I watched the whole game. Okay. And did you love that the score didn't necessarily feel like it reflected the flow of the game? It really did feel like the Stars were controlling this game. And then you look at the score and you're like, I don't quite. No, you are. The Ducks didn't. First of all, I hate the Ducks sweater jerseys. I don't, they just don't feel like Duck jerseys to me. Okay. I mean, it's a. Don't you feel like Mighty Ducks, just the color of green and purple and, like, that's more ducky. Yeah. that Just putting a duck, I call it a duck foot, Why the the duck web thing. A web foot. A web foot. Yeah. It just looks stupid. I like, I like that you had both L, both words there. Thank you. But, it, Corey, we needed you to put that together. Web thank claw. you, Corey. But, yeah, I watched most of the game. I would just say at the end of the first period – Brian Ray was getting made fun of by Seve with his uh, jacket, but also they were just saying that they're just not really playing clean hockey at that yeah. point. Uh, and so, and the beginning of the second surely did nothing to change yeah. that opinion. So I was listening to them for my analysis. But then from that, they did feel like, hey, they're going to put away this team. They're not good. And then you got to overtime, and luckily three on three. Should they do that in basketball overtime? I would totally be in for that. But in case you missed the overtime in question, Let's go to cut number three and Mr. Thomas Harley. Now Dallas with their first possession of overtime. Harley turns on the Jets. Here he comes and he scores! 
What a game for Thomas Harley, and he gets the game winner 38 seconds into overtime. All right, so you kind of know me, Kevin. How do you think I remember Harley's name? Like the motorcycles? Yes, 100%. Okay. You were like, like, oh, yeah, that's Harley Motorcycle man. I'm like, that's Harley Davidson. Okay. That actually falls exactly in line with uh, what I would think. He's young, huh? Yes, and Harley also, just if you're looking for, because I know you're attaching to more and more of these Stars players, the 22-year-old also was had an assist on the Miro goal. And so when he says that's a heck of a... Oh. Why did I think that was a deflection where it got to Miro and then he shot it? it uh, was, I mean, it got he was a good he was a good thirty feet away. But so was it the Harley to Dodonoff that then led to the deflection to Miro? Maybe so. Okay, maybe so I, I I could be wrong. I'm just I'm remembering the shot. It wasn't. It didn't have a lot of velocity to it, but it kind of like was it unintentionally. It felt like it got to Miro in that moment. That could still be an assist. One of the things I'm really proud of uh, hearing is that. The Stars haven't lost at home against Anaheim in 11 straight times, matching their home streak against Detroit, which oh. is also at 11. Those are, the, those are the two longest streaks for the Stars at home against any team. And in the meantime, they've created – now, it's Winnipeg, Colorado, and Dallas have created separation in the Central. Now, that might not be good enough for folks because obviously we talked about – if you finish second or third, you're going to play one of those teams to open up the playoffs. But you have created, I think it's like 10 points, maybe 11 points of distance between them and the Predators. And so now you are in that mix with Colorado, with Winnipeg. I realize Winnipeg's got a couple games in hand. But it, it, it it's a tight race right now that you are very much a part of. And you absolutely still have an opportunity to bump up to the top, take a wildcard team in the opening uh, round, and then... Hopefully that will be a more yeah. advantageous matchup. I, I, no, I'm with I think you. it is. I'm with you. If you can get, I don't know if it's called the one seed in the NHL. It's C1. Yeah, if you can get the C1 seed, uh, that would be huge for uh, these Dallas Stars. I was waiting at some point for Miro to just start yelling at a referee and get a fan kicked out, but it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I should have known that was going to happen. <laughs> and right now, guys, how about we talk some wrestling? You ready? Let's. Sure. Do it. Okay, brother. I'm on my own against the wall. The pressure's building. Kane's the masterpiece back here on 105 for the fan. Right now, we bring to you the WWE's power couple, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Now, the show, Love and WWE, Bianca and Montez premieres next Friday. February 2nd, but what I really want to know is, for doing the show, do you guys at least get a free Hulu membership? You know what? I'm so glad you brought this up because this was something I was talking to the production team about when they were in my house. I said, look, you guys have came to my house for this long period of time, and I'll be damned after all of this, I don't get a free Hulu subscription. So I'm glad you brought that up. And at least make sure it's the ad-free version. That feels like the least that they can do for you. At least, at least. You're right, exactly. But uh, it's funny you said that. We just talked about that uh, Hulu subscription. I've actually had a subscription with them for, it's been almost, it's been years now. Because, like, my wife actually uses my password to watch all her shows. She watches The Good Doctor and everything else on there. So I'm glad now, with all these shows she watched, she can watch our show now. So it's good. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm glad that you brought that up. Can you tell me, perhaps, Montez, a show that your wife convinced you to watch that you've fallen in love with? Because I am not confirming, but I may or may not now be a huge fan of Bachelor in Paradise because of my wife. Oh, gosh. You know what? It's so funny you asked this because she's going to be happy about this question and the answer. So uh, I must say, uh, I have to say sisters. She uh, watches <laughs> sisters on BT, And I remember in the beginning, I'm just like, oh, gosh, why are they doing that? You know, like, quietly, why are they doing it? Why are they doing this? Why are you talking at that? Have my own commentary for the show. And then quietly, you know, Wednesday I show up. I'm like, ah, your show's coming on tonight. She's like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, I start noticing myself being more prepared for the time slot for the show than her. So I was like, oh. <laughs> then the show's going on. I'm being more interested to it. And even now, I know everything that's happening with all the characters and what's, even what's happening next week. So I would definitely say Sisters on BET. <laughs> you notice that too, right, Bianca? Because my wife, she goes, I know you're watching because I would be like, hold on, why did that person do that? I know you noticed him <laughs> watching, right? Well, yeah, because like you said, when it first came on, he's not really paying attention. And then, you know, he's like, what are they doing? This doesn't make any sense. Why are you watching this? Blah, blah, blah. And then slowly but surely, I'll see him in the room cleaning. But he'll stop and he'll be watching. And then he'll start commenting on it. And then next thing you know, he he's preparing me for when it comes on. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you like this show now. <laughs> <laughs> now, the show is on Hulu, starts next Friday. I was curious in other streaming news. Obviously, this has been a ginormous week for the WWE. What are y'all's thoughts about the changing media landscape and Monday Night Raw going to Netflix next year? I think this is the most exciting time to be a WWE fan. I've been watching this as a kid since I was like eight or nine. And I would say now the outreach and the amount of audiences that we can reach now has been on the level that has never been before. Like you said, like we're now part of Netflix. Netflix has over 200 million subscribers. Uh, we're going to stand on the USA. We're also expanding to the CW network. Our show is now debuting on Hulu. And we still have our premium live events that are on Peacock. So to be a WWE Universe fan right now at this time is the most exciting time. And we're starting to outreach and more eyes are starting to see the product. So very, very, very exciting time with us expanding. Now, you mentioned the premium live events. I know WrestleMania is the biggest one. We all understand that. But you can make a pretty strong argument tomorrow with the Royal Rumble. That's the most fun show of the year. Is that how y'all feel about it? Yes, it's both um, both of ours like most favorite premium live events, the Royal Rumble for one. It's a jump start into WrestleMania, which is the most exciting time of the year, and it, it's an opportunity for somebody to solidify having a guaranteed match, title match at WrestleMania. But also too, the Royal Rumble is just it's very unpredictable. It's uh, it's it's the past, the present, and the future all in one match. Anybody can show up. Anything can happen. Anyone can win. So it's just one of the most exciting uh, premium live events I think that we have of the year, and it just jump starts the most exciting time of the year. Is there is there a particular level of fatigue, like specifically, obviously for Bianca, you've won the Royal Rumble before. Is there a specific level of fatigue that starts to wear on you when you've been out there thirty? 40, however long amount of time. I mean, definitely, when you get a, uh, when you get an earlier number, 
you're, you you automatically know, okay, if I'm entry number one, two, three, four, top ten, and I want to win, you automatically know that you're going to be out there for almost an hour. So you kind of already know that going in, and once you're in there, um, like every 90 seconds someone new comes out, so it kind of breaks it up for you, and you're kind of just an autopilot knowing that you have to, you know, watch yourself. Somebody's trying to throw you over the top rope while you're trying to eliminate somebody by throwing them over the top rope. But time just comes with it. But you're definitely tired uh, when it's all said and done. But when you're in there, I just feel like your adrenaline is pumping so much you don't even realize it. Y'all talked about the past and present, how you never quite know who's going to show up. Was there a particular, whether you were a fan or as a wrestler, was there ever a particular surprise that even got to you? Because I remember... 2008, Madison Square Garden, I thought John Cena was still hurt, and then he shows up at number 30, and I definitely flipped out. You know, it's crazy. You said that's actually one of my favorite Ray Rumble uh, surprise returns because, like you said, he just had an injury. is very, very, very fresh, and the fact that him walking out, nobody had no idea he would make a recovery that fast. And even, I think, one particular shot about that whole return that really intrigued me and just shows the storytelling of what we do is if you notice Triple H's face like when John Cena comes back when the camera pans to him when he makes his return I think that's what creates the art and the beauty of what we do like like his reaction really generate like how everyone was feeling and yeah it's great you brought that up because actually one of my favorite ones uh, the Rumble now we're the official home of the Dallas Cowboys, and we've thrown this around as some fun radio chatter. But I do have to know, Montez, if Micah Parsons was offered to the Chicago Bears straight up for the number one pick in the draft, would you say yes? Oh, my gosh. You know what? That's a great question that I'm going to have to graciously decline. Okay. Right now... Chicago Bears are in what we call build around fields. Right now we have currently the first draft pick, we have the ninth draft pick, and these are the things that we were doing to reassure that Justin Fields has everything he needs. We're interviewing a new defensive coordinator, just hired a new offensive coordinator, uh, rookie of the year, Tyreek, just won rookie of the year for the Bears. Right now it's a building phase for Fields, and because of the accolades and the first-round draft pick and the first pick and the ninth pick, I think, I think we will decline because we're building around fields. Even though Micah is a tremendous athlete, we love him, we appreciate him. But right now it's around building around fields. It was worth a shot. I thought if I could convince you, we could groundswell this and really try to make it happen. <laughs> I, I know, I know you guys are trying to get that pick too. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you guys. You know, you guys have had a, a great season as well, but we've been making those adjustments as well this year. We had a great season, but like I said, these small adjustments are going to put us in the playoffs where we rightfully deserve to be. For for people who, you know, they follow y'all wrestling, whether it's Bianca's quest to get the title back, whether it's obviously Street Profits now teaming up with Bobby Lashley and they're invested in all that stuff, what will people see on the show? Will it feature some of that? Will it be more focused on just your personal lives outside of the ring? What's How's that going to go? I think the show, it's 50-50. It's you get um, the best of both worlds. We definitely pull the curtain back to show you what it takes to be a WWE superstar 
um, you get to see what it's like to go from the road to WrestleMania to WrestleMania, which we call it, you know, our playoffs or our Super Bowl. Uh, you, you really, we really pull the curtain back and show you the, the raw, vulnerable emotions of, you know, trying to figure out how you're going to get to WrestleMania, trying to figure out, you know, what the, what your journey going to be. Um, so I think it's a great introductory for maybe people who don't know much about WWE or are, 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 are not WWE fans for them to watch and to really bring them in and, and have them come be a fan of WWE. But you also get, you know, the, the other world of showing who we are as husband and wife when, when we are home, when we're outside the ring, and you really get to see how we interact and how we navigate this crazy world of trying to, you know, find quality time and trying to make sure that we have family involved and, you know, really get to see how, how we deal with supporting each other. And so I think you really get the best of, of both worlds with this reality series. Now, the show Love and WWE, Bianca and Montez premieres a week from today, next Friday, on Hulu. And if the Royal Rumble tomorrow is the start of your playoffs, uh, please neither one of y'all pull a Dallas Cowboys, okay? <laughs> it still hurts. It still yeah. hurts. Yeah, you know what? That's okay. You guys are, like I said, just kind of like how the Bears are. We're in the rebuilding phase, but you guys can keep Mr. Parsons, though. Thank you guys very, very much for the time. Appreciate y'all looking forward to the show. Thank you. Thank you. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Thank you again to Bianca and Montez for making that happen. Their show debuts on Hulu next Friday. Coming up next, misinformed Hall of Fame voters, the Associated Press, and the Dallas Cowboys again. Do any of these folks deserve forgiveness Friday? Do you? 877-881-1053. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. It is a shout-out Friday from the 254. Shout-out to my son, Ryan Faulkner. Stop. For being named (laughs) athletic director and head football coach of Hubbard ISD, (laughs) his alma mater. You remember Glenn Hubbard? Ryan, I'm not laughing at you or your achievement. While we came back, Corey attempted to adjust the mic arm, and it kind of sprung back and hit him in the face. Yeah. So your accomplishment is awesome, (laughs) especially when compared to Corey adjusting his microphone. It's time for Forgiveness Friday. Corey, does that microphone stand need to ask you for forgiveness? You know what? Because I like bits, and I think things are funny, and I can laugh at myself. I'll let it go, man. Okay. I'll let it slide. I will, or we will ask for forgiveness to Tyler Sagan for not mentioning in the last segment. He moved up in all-time franchise points ahead of Dino Cicerelli. Tyler Sagan, 652 points, now fifth all-times, all-time, still behind Brian Bellows, Neil Broughton, Jamie Benn, and then there's a gigantic gap before you get to Mike Madano. Sagan, I thought, was going to get a goal when he had a one-on-one situation. But he flubbed it? Is that a hockey word? Sure. Well, I mean, that's a word. I'll accept it. He kind of took it to his backhand side and then it didn't go on net. Mike, we have to lead Forgiveness Friday with something 
important. Okay. Do you know who Tony Maserati is? Created the car. I don't know that. Ooh, to the, the Maserati's a nice car. You, I don't know. You will like this person way less. Is I had to look up and make sure this wasn't. It a, sounds familiar, but sure. I'm not. Well, he's. Not, I guess he's a well known. He's an East Coaster. Is and he's well known, but I assumed this was a bit because nobody could have an opinion this stupid. This is Maserati talking about why Adrian Beltre was not on his Hall of Fame ballot. Okay, he was even the best player on his team. I don't think so. I mean, again, he played on those Rangers teams. Pudge, you know, I I, I can't remember if Palmero was on those teams or not. But regardless, I'll stop with Pudge. Pudge Rodriguez was indisputable Hall of Famer. So Adrian, and I'm not telling you, Adrian Beltre was a bum, but he, I, 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 I don't ever feel like he was the centerpiece of a of a championship caliber team. Oh, you have to take away his vote. He just, he's not, he doesn't even know when Adrian Beltre played for the Rangers. I, the only thing I can think is that when he said what he said, he was saying that during the time Pudge was the best player on his team. During the time, Palmero was a best player on his team, but Beltre wasn't the best player on the Rangers while he... But I, my first hearing is he thinks that he played with Pudge and Palmero. He thinks that. I know yes. Pudge made one more stop here for half a minute, but he stopped playing for the Rangers in 2 mm-hmm. Palmero, who he couldn't remember if he was on those Beltre teams, left <laughs> in 3 and Beltre got here in 2011. And when he was like, he's not on a championship caliber team, he was one of the most important players to that 2011 team that should have won the World Series. Do you want me to agitate you even further about this fella? Where's he from? I think he's from Boston. He's a bad guy. Maybe. I mean, not a bad person, but like he's bad for baseball in that he really doesn't know much. And if he's from Boston, he did see him play in 2010 on the Red Sox. He should have. He added, this was a couple days ago. This is an actual tweet. In the interest of full disclosure, like every year, I voted only for Alex Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez on this year's Hall of Fame ballot. Oh, my God. Get rid of this guy. I I hope you can zoom in and look in Mike's face. He can't vote anymore. So not only was he never going to vote for Beltre, but he— He won't vote for Ichiro next year? I guess not. He said like he does every year— and he didn't vote for Beltre because he's unaware that he played on a Rangers team about a decade after he thought he did. And also, he would only vote for Alex Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez. I will say this. When it does come to Rangers baseball, Ranger fans, this does give you an idea. The people covering and following the Boston Red Sox literally don't even know you exist as a franchise. They yeah. he re- Hell, I mean, let's be honest. Paul Merrow, obviously he's out of the Hall of Fame for one reason and one reason only. He was never the best player on the Rangers because he was there with Pudge and Juan Gonzalez. I could argue, in a way, and Pudge is for sure a Hall of Famer with his credentials as a catcher, he wasn't the best player on the Rangers either. It was Juan Gonzalez, so he should be furious that Juan Gonzalez isn't in. And if you want to say Beltre wasn't the best player on the Rangers for, let's say, 2011, 2012, when those were the two best teams he was on for the most part, well, then you should be furious Josh Hamilton's not on the ballot and you're not voting for him. Because if you want to go who's the best player in 2011 and 2012 for the Texas Rangers, it's easy. It's Josh Hamilton. But that would mean, all right, 
then Yogi Berra should never get in the Hall of Fame <laughs> because he was with DiMaggio and Mantle? Yeah. Like, if, if we're going to – then pick the Yankee. If we're only going to pick – we can only pick one Yankee. Jeter, Mariano Rivera, like all of these guys that were there, like well, you can only pick one. Wade Boggs can't be it because Roger Clemens was the best player on the Red Sox when he was there, and he wasn't the best player on the Yankees when he was there. Like, this is weird. This is – and he doesn't even know – He's, he has no Ranger history at all and didn't didn't even try to research it because I'll be honest. Yeah, that's the disappointing part. If if you had to say, when we were going around the room and you were saying, do you think Gary Sheffield? Do you think Billy yeah. Wagner? I have to go, and I played against these guys, but I have to go look up their numbers. And then I would say, if I have a real vote, I really need to compare it to the players he was playing against at that time. And then I can com compare it to a historical situation. But I don't know, like, I wonder how many people are like Tony Maserati who don't know anything about anybody except for probably the Red Sox and the Yankees are the only two teams that he really knows anything about. I, I looked it up. He is 56 because multiple people have been like, how old is this fella? He's 56. He sounded he, 78. He is actively on the radio right now, and that was like as we speak yes like this conversation is literally from i think two days ago mm. it's so if you if you didn't vote for adrian beltre because i can understand this and i'm not agreeing with this but i can understand if you say i only vote for first ballot hall of famers if i consider them the greatest of the greatest of all time and that means you have to win multiple mvps People are like, no doubt this might have been the greatest player I've ever seen in my life. So that falls into the category of Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle. In sure. recent years, you could say Pulhos, maybe Griffey, maybe Bonds, but then Bonds has the mark that I'm not doing that. Like if you're saying I like there's literally once every 10 years I vote for a first ballot Hall of Famer because you have to be considered the greatest of the greatest players in the history of baseball. Then your second year, I do vote for then the great player that I believe is in the Hall of Fame, but I do not give a vote to anybody who I don't consider arguably the greatest player in the history of the game. Then I can understand your non-voting for Adrian Beltre, but and, I still don't agree with it. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I know we just played that cut of about 30 seconds. They go on and on. And like, George Brett, Brooks Robinson? And this guy? Are you kidding me? And, like, they go on and on and on about, like... He shouldn't have a vote. He, no, he, he should. Shouldn't. He shouldn't it's have amazing. a vote. He doesn't... He didn't do any research, like Mike said. He doesn't have a... He doesn't have a clue where Beltre ranks in that conversation of greatest third baseman of all time. He, he, he doesn't deserve a vote. The other thing, too, is I don't know how close he gets to know the players at all, but... Couldn't he have contacts? If you have a if you have a vote for the Hall of Fame, I bet you have a lot of contacts. Like Evan, I think Evan Grant has a vote. I'm, I'm honestly yes, not sure, but I yes. think he does. Evan Grant can call up Michael Young. Let's just say there's a vote for Chase Utley. Michael Young played with Chase Utley for one year. Now, he might not have the best, and maybe Michael Young, you have to fill it out. Like, is he just going to say everybody that he played with is a Hall of Famer? I have to, I have to check that. Like, if he says nothing against this, Ian Kensler, his best friend. If Michael Young tells me Ian Kensler is a Hall of Famer, I have to discount his opinion a little bit. Yeah. Because Ian Kensler was a great player, top 5% player in the history of baseball, but not a Hall of Famer. It's easy to look at his numbers and his career achievements and go, 
Ian Kensler, great player, Ranger Hall of Famer, not MLB Hall of Famer. So if Michael Young is telling me, Ian Kensler, what are you doing not voting for him? Then I got to go, crap, how much can I trust Michael Young if I want a true opinion on Chase Utley or or true opinion on Jimmy Rollins? How can I trust him in that category? But I think Michael Young would be very honest with me. This guy can call up Victor Martinez or you know, David Ortiz or Dustin Pedroia. If he's covered all of these guys, if he's been around this, he can ask these guys, what did you guys think about playing against Adrian Beltre? When Ad- out of that team in 2011, who did you not want to face with the game on the line? And yeah. I think everybody that I've talked to said, you don't want to face Adrian Beltre. There's a lot of guys. Michael Young is clutch. Josh Hamilton is dangerous. But the guy who you're like, crap, he's going to have a great at bat, and he might go opposite field for a single. He might take me deep for a, a home run. He, he He's going to do what it takes to win this game. Defensively, you can argue Scott Rowland and Eric Chavez were better in his time. I think that that would be a valid argument that I would hear out your conversation and go, hey, it's really tough. These three guys are together as the best defensive third baseman of that era. But – this dude probably doesn't know who Eric, Ch- to be honest, how would he know who Eric Chavez is? I bet if I brought up Eric Chavez, but I don't know who you're talking about. I, I will tell you this. Somebody said, get him on the radio. I did reach out in an attempt to, I didn't hear anything back, to see if he wanted to pop on the show. He saw he saw your, your message and then he peeled out. Yeah, he was like, Beltre from like 20 years ago? Yeah. I, <laughs> maybe he thinks he's David Segui. I, I, maybe he thinks that, or Lee Stevens, I don't know. Like, <laughs> nothing against our guy Steve Bouchel. You love Steve Bouchel. Maybe love he's Steve thinking Bouchelle. it was Steve Bouchel or Dean Palmer that he was voting on. All right, I know I we love focused... Steve Bouchel even more now that we've gotten to talk to him a few times. Like, Absolutely. It didn't change my opinion Was it the first all, time when you told better. him how nervous you were? And he goes, don't worry, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and then I called him Steve Bouchel. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> pranked all right we might do like a more regular version of forgiveness friday in just a little bit i know we focus in for good reason on one particular person and now people are starting to tell us other things hey go check it out he got suspended for racist comments last year oh okay all right then well i I guess i'll i'll check it out i'll tell you this this is why i listen to this station and only this station because i love this station and the host at this station look Voting for the Hall of Fame is, to me, it's one of the biggest honors you could possibly have. Yeah. Because you're literally, you're preserving. You get to vote in the Hall of Fame for Duncanville. Yeah. You're preserving, you're preserving the history of the game. And you're saying these people deserve it. And I hate saying this, but these people don't deserve it. Yeah. And the people that aren't in the Hall of Fame, they're locally remembered, but they're somewhat nationally forgotten. Does that make sense? Yes. But if you are in the Hall of Fame, you're almost like, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, let me know more. Nothing against Juan Gonzalez or Dale Murphy, both two-time MVPs. But we kind of forget about them in the history of baseball. But if they were in the Hall of Fame, you'd say, remember them? We remember Juan great. Atlanta remembers Dale Murphy great. Yes. I ask a 30-year-old or 40-year-old who Dale Murphy is, and a lot of them are going to go, crap, I have no clue who you're talking about. I know who David Murphy is. Are you messing up their first name? For the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy. Do you believe this is a big-time matchup we will see again and again? Let's talk about it next right here on The Fan. I'll tell you a perfect match.
and that is me and Men's Tea Clinic, Kevin. About 10 years ago, I go to Men's Tea Clinic in Addison. I go and get my numbers checked. They give me my number. It's at 182, and they say, that's low. And I'm like, I have no clue what you're talking about. But they ask me questions, and I say, yeah, you know what? This, this part of my life has lacked energy. When I get home from work, this was 10 years ago and my kids were a lot younger, I needed to take a nap. I needed an hour of my own time to almost try to recharge for the rest of the day with the little kids. If you're feeling that way, you're in your 30s or early 40s and you're feeling, man, I have some little kids and I just don't have the energy to play with them after work. I'm drained. Well, maybe your testosterone has gone down with age. It happened to me. It's happened to thousands of men around the Metroplex. And guess what? Thousands of men have gone to Men's Tea Clinic. They've gotten on testosterone therapy, which is covered by insurance if your insurance covers it. And you can get back to being you. You can have that energy that you had again in your 20s or maybe in your 30s. They will help you with that. Not only will they help you with that, they'll help you with a lot of other things, whether it's your weight management, putting on weight. Or losing weight, whether it's hair vitality, whether it's injuries that you have. Men's Tea Clinic wants to be that one-stop shop for you, that man, that needs individual treatment. The number to call, 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA, or go to their website, mensteaclinic.com. They are open on Saturdays if you're just too busy Monday through Friday. Men's Tea Clinic, let's get back to being you through Men's Tea Clinic. Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. We're going to go to Gridiron in just one second, but Corey, do you have potentially good Rangers news at the Corey News Desk? Ah, yes. I just saw this from one Evan Grant, who has a he has a Hall of Fame uh, vote. He probably knows. He got to go to the Hall of Fame, too. That's pretty awesome. He does not know how to spell Mike's last name, and that makes me really mad for you, Mike. It's fine. Evan's a good dude. His his job is to know how to spell names. He has the right, though, to say, if you would have been better, I would have remembered how to spell (laughs) your name. That is true. The story at the moment points out that they did uh, create roster space for David Robertson with their deal to trade away uh, J.P. Martinez and then says, and maybe nearing another for Travis Jankowski to return. So it looks like they're good. planning yeah, to bring for out. Sure. I, I, I think he was an essential part to this team, and whether it was the spout, the, 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 what he had during the regular season when he helped us, that hit that he had late in the, in the playoffs – uh, there were a couple of really big moments for him, and he was a good outfielder too. So I think he's a key backup outfielder. Defense, this team. pinch runner, a lot of value there. And then I dare you. He's a good hitter. A to, good hitter. To bring him a brush in spring training and tell him, I love your long hair. Let's make it look luscious. Let's make it look beautiful. Like a, a video of, of you brushing his hair. That would be amazing. If he yeah. would let me do that, I would totally do and it. And cutting his split ends. I don't know if he has. What if he, he does, does? He have? Yes, oh, yeah, he does. How oh do you my know? gosh! Because he right. doesn't comb his hair. Right now, <laughs> it's Can time you comb hair that long to is go it? around. I the, feel like baseball players need oh to, to have their hair if they're going to have long hair, beautiful. But we should make it cleaner looking. Text into the show about no, what Kevin's about to ask you. We're not you supposed to, to do that. It's time to go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. And there are multiple people asking, yes, that is The Hobbit in the background. That movie sucks. And so do the rest of those. The Lord of the Rings are great. These Hobbit movies are terrible. Read the books. Hey, 
would it be great if on like one of the plays in the playoffs on Sunday, somebody does a, yeah, here we go. Snap count. <laughs> that would be pretty amusing. I hope it's Brock Purdy. I do have big roster news for the championship games. The Ravens have activate activated, Acclimated. Acti- acclimated, activated Mark Andrews. As we talked about how he wasn't ready to go last week, this is somebody that has been very reliable for Lamar Jackson. Good to go. Do you think Tony Maserati thinks he played on the 90s Rangers? <laughs> He's like, oh, Might as well. it's Elvis Andrews. Um, Mark Andrews wasn't even better than Mike Ditka as a tight end. Mark Andrews, it, it, what's crazy about this is it was expected that he would miss the entire year. For sure. And he's back for the playoffs. And I know, I mean, it's late and everything. Somebody asked on the fan text earlier this morning if we thought that that would like, mess with the chemistry that uh, that Lamar has had with all the rest of the receivers. And I don't think so. I, I think it's, it's, it's a great addition. But I think what more, what's more important is he learned – more about his other receivers while Andrews was out. And so now I think I there's more opportunities that. to say, oh, you can't just expect that I'm going to Andrews because I have other guys I can go to. I and trust. I, I feel pretty confident if they're like, hey, Mark, might only throw you two or three balls, but we're going to win and go to the Super Bowl. He'll be like, sounds good. Yeah, I Let's will. Do that. I will love that. Now, Patrick Mahomes said he is sure this will be the first of many big games against Lamar Jackson. Last week, we talked about the Mahomes-Josh Allen matchups. They've already played three times in the playoffs. I don't know how many, many is, but do you think Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson over the next, you know, six, eight, how many years is going to be a playoff matchup that we see more of? I think so because I was thinking of this. I've sold a few Lamar Jackson cards lately because of his success where he had fallen off the map, it felt like, the last couple years in the card world. And then I've kind of regretted it. I sold him on Saturday before the Houston game thinking if he loses this game, his cards are going to plummet. And he played great, won the game easily after halftime. And I thought to myself, why am I giving up on Lamar Jackson or selling off my Lamar Jacksons? He's 27 years old? Yep. And he's going to be really good with a good team around him for the next three years at least. Now, it's tough to predict that NFL football really after three years because of free agency, because of injuries. So there's a lot of things that can be tough to predict three years from now what is going to happen. But I thought to myself, hey, he might not have a long career because of the way he plays. But long meaning like when he gets to be 33, 34, there will probably be a pretty big drop off sure. for him. And I'm like, I'm still six years away from that possibly happening. I think the biggest the biggest point of that, Kevin, is that the two teams are good organizations. I'd agree with that for Very, sure. They, they put a lot of thought into the way that they build. I mean, obviously, Kansas City struggled to uh, add better receivers, but Rashi Rice is making a really good run here. But they're... They're very deep organizations that are very that are rooted there. Now they have two quarterbacks at a very young age starting for. So yes, I do think that'll be that. And I did like hearing Mahomes say, "Look, he's MVP for a reason." Yeah, I like that. That is, it's a great compliment to him because Mahomes is like, "Look, I've gotten MVPs. I don't want anybody short selling me because you know because of my MVPs." Now this is a very promising trend for the Ravens. Is they have the MVP favorite at quarterback, the league's top rushing offense, and top scoring defense. 
Lamar Jackson was named All-Pro last week. The Ravens are the fourth team since 1970 with a first-team All-Pro quarterback, number one and number one scoring defense. Those other three, they all won the Super Bowl. Oh, my. 72 Dolphins, 78 Steelers, and 1996 Packers. All of those teams won the Super Bowl. They're three for three. So, obviously, very promising from Lamar Jackson, but like we talked about before, might up the level of pressure even more, too. I like pressure. You think everybody does, though, right? Not everybody thrives in that environment. No, there are some people that don't like it. In a shout-out Friday, shout-out to Travis Kelsey. He is teaming up with Kodiak Cakes to donate 25,000 hot breakfasts to students in the Kansas City Are those, area. like, high-protein? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They're not low-carb, but they are high-protein. Okay. It's lower-carb, but high-protein high uh, that's awesome. Yes. I just remember that's like the high protein um, or higher protein Pancakes than what you would waffles. get out of a pancake, which I'm assuming there's no protein in a pancake unless you- Like just a regular pancake? Like yeah. Bisquick? All right, let's go check out Bisquick real quick. Because I want to say no, but to be fair, I do not know that to be a fact. I know sometimes. Corey's seeking it out. In the meantime- yeah. No protein in Bisquick, oh, it says, or that, less than one. Although that that does make sense, right? How is the money going thus far? All right. We talked about the money that's come in on the Ravens. So this is just per DraftKings. So it could be different. Eight grams of protein. My bad. I found the, I just found the, okay. uh, <laughs> the real one. Is This could just be for DraftKings and other spots. Other books could be different. But they said thus far 55% of the bets and 66% of the money has come in on the Ravens for Ravens Chiefs. And then you go down to Lions 49ers. What, what would y'all guess there? You think mostly people are betting San Francisco? Or Probably no? so, yeah. Well, I know the San Francisco number is going up. So, yes, it right? They have to try to even out the number. If they have a sure. number, just betting-wise, if they have a number, let's say, at seven, and now it's at seven and a half, that means they're getting so much money on San Francisco, they're trying to entice people to bet on Detroit because they want the number perfectly. even. If they yes. can get it that way, they win no matter what. And it's the, no, the money coming in is the difference. Only 35% of the bets coming in has been on the 49ers. But they're big bets. 58% of the money is on the 49ers. So you're right. The people who are betting on the 49ers are betting significantly more than the people who are swooping in and betting on the line. I always do think it gets tough over seven. Like now that it's at seven and a half, at least I saw this morning at seven and a half and it was at seven yesterday. You're like, oh, now if they lose, let's say 31-24, you win as a better. And you always feel like even if they're down 31 to 17, with you two score minutes that one to go, you're good to go. You go into prevent defense. Even though the Green Bay didn't do that, they allow Dak just figured out a way to beat them all of a sudden. We just ran out of time. But usually teams will get a freebie touchdown or two if they're down by a lot late because the other team is just making them draw the clock down so they can win the game. Then I want to throw this out there as well. The NFL and the NFL Players Association have not reached an agreement yet, but they're continuing to discuss whether or not to have active players in the flag football competition for the Olympics in 2028. So remember, that's coming. We're going to dust they, the rest of the world. They're still discussing that. We talked about it. We're going to dust them. You could just get a pro flag football team from here in America, and I still think that would turn out pretty spectacular. Dax winning his well. championship, baby. 
Okay, I like it. He's going to be out there with Tyreek Hill, and he's going to be like, man, this is amazing. That's the kind of positivity that we need. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We focused in on only one topic, so let's do a true, real Forgiveness Friday, 877-881-1053. If you want to get involved, we'll do that next right here on The Fan.